Welcome to this podcast on Inclusion in Action by Treasury Today and JP Morgan. Although Treasury has made huge strides in diversity and inclusion in the last five years, there is still much to do. Particularly since the pandemic and the fact so many of us are now working from home, threatens to stall progress and requires a new proactive type of leadership and inclusion. In this podcast, you will hear how driving gender and ethnic diversity includes establishing mentor and sponsorship structures within Treasury, tying progress to managerial performance targets and broad cultural acceptance within companies from the top down. Treasury Today's publisher and head of strategic content, Sophie Jackson, spoke to Alison Livesey, a managing director within wholesale payments at JP Morgan, Rosanna Somerville, manager, global transaction banking and processes at Unilever, Simone Coultress, treasury manager, Johnson Mathy, and Royston de Costa, assistant group treasurer at Ferguson PLC. I'm going to be joined now for our first conversation, as I mentioned earlier, by Alison and by Rosanna. So I'm going to come first to Alison. Um, Alison, we spoke the other day and you are an ex-barrister who's worked in compliance amongst other areas before your current role. Also, throughout the course of that journey that you've had, you've been very committed to this space around inclusion and diversity. So I want you to kick us off today and tell us why this has been something that's important to you and, and how that started for you in the work that you were doing. Thanks so much for having me, Sophie, and a pleasure to be here with everyone. So I think, you know, I started off in a profession within the investment banking and compliance, which actually was broadly 50-50. So I think it was really kind of more when I started off, you know, 20 years ago and, and went into those meetings, it was a realisation, you know, having come through university, come through law school, you know, and set foot in some of those meetings when I realised I was probably, you know, a lone female, heading into some of those meetings on the trading floors, met with, you know, kind of very male environment, um, or heading into some of those management meetings. I suppose that was the, the first time I kind of realised that I felt a bit different and, you know, was struggling to really look for kind of some of those, those role models. So I think there something sparked with me to kind of think about diversity and, and what part they would, could, could play. And I think it's really as I, you know, became more senior in the organisation, I realised I had a platform and a, and a, a, a way to be able to drive diversity. And, 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 and I have a a passion for, you know, kind of, as Laura said, you know, creating an environment where people do feel like they belong. Diversity, as we know, through through many of the stats, drives a much, you know, kind of better business case, much better business dynamics. And so I think it was, you know, kind of some of my own observations about wanting to look for that role modelling and wanting to feel, you know, kind of very included, kind of started me off on that journey. And then as I got to a place where I, I felt like I could influence, I wanted to use that. And also, you know, if I'm honest, I, I've got, to, you know, to places in my career with, you know, kind of real sponsorship from key people. And I think for me, there's also a component, which is that giving back. So, you know, kind of giving back, bringing people along that journey and, and helping to drive that, that culture. Rosanna, you and I were speaking recently, and I know that you had quite um, a revelation, if you like, after attending an event with JP Morgan back in 2018 around women in Treasury. When did you start to think about that in terms of senior level representation, your own career advancement? What was the moment when you thought differently about it, if you like? No, maybe to start, um, I'm with uh, Unilever for Treasury for 25 years, and uh, I fulfilled various roles within Treasury. And in the early years, there was no talk about diversity and inclusion. Uh, there was no awareness about this topic. Within my role, I've joined a lot of bank meetings 
And there, even there, you could see uh, that the woman representation was not that that high, but still, it is what it is. You, you, but you don't. There was no awareness. I would say, like what you mentioned, Sophie, uh, was until 2018, actually, when I joined uh, a women in treasury event on the Euro Finance, where I kind of because it was my first women in treasury or women networking event where wanting two things which I realized one was is that I'm not the only one there are other women out there that are struggling with uh, the, the same issues and then also at that day or that spot it hit me that wait a minute uh, in my 23 years at that time it is the first time that we have a woman as a treasurer. And I didn't realize that uh, because, again, you just, you're so used to men, uh, men-dominated stage. So I just accepted, like, okay, okay. So it, like, it opened my eyes saying, no, wow, this is the first time we have a woman uh, as a treasurer and also our global tax, which is really amazing. I would say within Unilever um, in 2010, we have put a lot of effort when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And one of the main targets was to have a a 50-50 gender parity on management level. So we started the journey in 2010 where we had like 30, 34% of women on management level. And by end of 2019, we managed to hit the target of 50-50. And now we are like 51% on women in management level. We are not there yet because on senior executive level, it's still 30-35%, but we will get there. Fabulous. And now you mentioned, you know, coming to that event in 2018. Why do you think it's important to have these spaces that we have now with Women in Treasury and with what we're doing today to have a dedicated platform, if you like? Well, what's that meant for you? Oh, that helped me a lot. (laughs) Because, yeah, because of these kind of platforms, I'm participating. I'm a panelist now uh, in, in, in this event. I would have never imagined like three years ago that I would do this, if somebody would ask me, I was like, okay, no way. (laughs) How do we start to think about measuring inclusion and how can we have accountability for inclusion? Yeah, so it's a great question and something, you know, kind of certainly we've, as a firm, have been thinking about a huge amount um, globally, regionally, etc. I think for me, first of all, you've got to think about what does inclusive leadership look like? So what are the attributes about what inclusion is? Um, how do you treat others and, and fairness to others? How do you you know, think about fostering or creating an open environment? How do you think about teamwork? So I think, you know, first off, we've all got to think about what are those elements about what inclusive leadership looks like and, and how are we going to think about those and, and what's, you know, good versus, you know, kind of not, not what we'd expect and, and where we need to get to. And then I think you need to drive to accountability and we probably all agree that, you know, a great way to make people accountable is to, to put it in objectives, you know, assess it at year end and then tie it to performance, you know, ultimately, 
you'd hope that there's moral compass in there as well, but ultimately that's what drives it. And so I think it is those components. I think it's thinking about what that framework is. What does inclusive leadership look like? How are we going to assess it? And then having the rigor of assessing it. And, and one of the things that I'm passionate about is, you know, you can assess it at the top level and that's absolutely right. And management should be held accountable, but it's got to go throughout the organisation. And, you know, just as a, an addendum to that, what are some of the ways that we can actually measure it? What are some of the things that we're measuring when we hold people accountable for inclusivity? Yeah, so I think it's, you know, what feedback are you taking? Attrition rates. How well are we doing on exit interviews? Are we really understanding why people are leaving organisations? What is that 360 feedback and true 360 feedback? You know, what are we hearing from, from people? What what behaviours, you know, what behaviours are people observing in a meeting where where are we stepping up and giving that real-time feedback that that maybe wasn't quite such an inclusive comment if you were speaking with yourself 25 years ago entering into the workforce what's some of the advice that you would give that woman I would say um, first of all don't be afraid to make mistakes because often we are so afraid and then we we don't want to try new things you just stay in your comfort zone if you have the uh, opportunity to work abroad, just do it because you can learn a lot, uh, get a lot of experience, uh, exposed to new cultures and so on. One important thing, make sure that you have a, a development plan and stick to it, be disciplined, because those are the things that I kind of missed <laughs> along the line. Um, and get a mentor. Um, doesn't have to be someone in the company, even outside the company, somebody that guides you. Uh, but important it is uh, you are responsible for your own career and not somebody else. I want us to come and speak with Simone and Royston, who I mentioned earlier. So Simone is Treasury Manager at Johnson Matthey and Royston de Costa is Assistant Group Treasurer at Ferguson. So Simone, I want to come to you first. Tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, I know this already, but you started in the public sector, you transitioned across, and it's an interesting story. Tell us how you ended up in your role in Treasury. So I studied um, accounting and management at um, university, and after uni, I joined a local authority on their accounting and their graduate scheme. Um, So it was a three-year scheme, and the first year I spent in their capital and treasury team. Um, after that placement, I spent the remaining two years working in various management accounting roles and internal audit. And after the three year scheme, I took a management accounting role. I really struggled with it. Um, I struggled with the pace and I struggled with um, really feeling that, you know, wondering whether I was re- really adding value. Um, so I decided to leave that local authority and join another one to see if it was any different. Um, and I did and it wasn't. So I decided at that point I would try and get into the private sector and it was really difficult. It was really, really tough. I sent um, lots and lots of CVs, all these different jobs, different agencies, you know, heard nothing. And, you know, um, a recruiter said to me that it's unrealistic. You've got public sector experience. You have a public sector qualification it's not going to happen, which was, yeah, fine. Um, I got lucky. A role came up at Cadbury. They had just re- uh, relocated from the centre of London up to Uxbridge. For those in 
you know, that are not from the UK is kind of very much on the outskirts of London. So it's a nightmare for anyone to get to. I was willing to do it. So I went to Cadbury and stayed there for a number of years. The takeover, craft takeover happened. So the treasury was then outsourced. So I stayed for um, a couple of years there and then got the job at um, Johnson Matthey and have been here for um, seven years. The first local authority I worked for, it was really diverse. It was in a part of London that was very diverse. So when I joined, you know, the CFO was a, a black woman. We had several black managers. And, and those are the things that you notice. It makes you feel that, you know, if you're if you work hard and you're good enough, it is possible for you. And they had an employee resource group. It was called a Black Star Forum. And it was very much about celebrating difference. There was an annual conference and, you know, it was just like food and, and you know, speakers. And it was really great. And it was, you know, really well regarded. Um, and then at, at JM, um, you know, I found it's very different. You know, I know it's, it's definitely not too dissimilar from a number of organisations where you have a lot of diversity in lower levels and you move up and that kind and that goes away. So a number of years ago, um, two years ago, they did a, a refresh of um, a DNI refresh. And I decided to try and launch an employee resource group. So I started um, a black employee network. We launched in December um, 2018, and it was focused on the um, recruitment, retention and development of black employees. And, and you know, it's, it's been amazing. It's been really great, you know, and in particular with what we've seen this year with Black Lives Matter, we had the opportunity to meet with our CEO and, and talk about our experience, you know, some of the experiences of employees in the organization. So it, it's been really great in terms of raising awareness and, and having a voice, providing a voice or an area where people employees can feel safe and, and talk about their experiences. Royston, I want to come to you now. Um, you've supported us with Women in Treasury, and you spoke a few years ago. There are a few men that are willing to suddenly put themselves forward and speak in this space. What, what made you get involved and what has that journey been like for you? So thank you, Sophie, and appreciate the opportunity again to speak and share with your audience uh, my, my journey. Look, like many of your audience and your speakers, uh, 2018, August 2018, when I first participated in the panel discussion on diversity and inclusiveness, it's almost weird to say it, but the first thing I've got on my list was it, it was a business priority and it should be for all companies today. It's almost kind of like, yeah, anyway, but that's key, I think, to mention. I think the second is personal, obviously, in terms of I have two daughters, one 24 just completed a master and the other one just graduated UCL. So for me, it's absolutely vital that they don't experience a world that I grew up in or some of your other, you know, sort of um, delegates have uh, experienced and we know still to some degree exists today. It's only really five years ago that I feel this has become a topic that we begin to talk about within our treasury departments and within our companies. It's quite staggering to think it's taken that long. But the good news is it's here. And you look at all the largest companies in the world, Google included, diversity is very much part of their journey. And then JP Morgan obviously have said that as well. The next thing I'll say is in terms of my involvement, it's also about increasing awareness. And I think finally, I'll say it's about choice. You know, wherever you work, whoever you are, there's no reason for you not to have the same choices that your peers have. And what would your advice be for men who do support this, but who don't know how to help their female colleagues or what they can be doing without getting in the way or taking up airtime? What I would say is 
you've got to start where you are. So I think it also does depend to some degree in having that open and honest discussion. I think you have to be able to uh, provide an environment where your team, your staff, your peers feel comfortable. So there's an element of where if we're talking about treasury that you can do that potentially quite easily because you have control to some degree of that environment. I think it's also important to work in that, uh, to have a, that your company sponsoring and, and fostering that, that inclusiveness, if you like, um, atmosphere. So that's obviously also very important. But I think you have to start where you are. I mean, in terms of what I said to myself is that I've, I grew up in a family, I have five sisters. So, you know, the, I, I know it's not, not, it's not like, you know, I didn't have prejudices. Everyone has their prejudice, but to the degree to where I saw my sisters any uh, worth any less than me in terms of how society perceived women, I don't think I've ever had that. So my experience, my bringing, it's always been like, you know, when we had this debate in diversity, as I said, five years ago, it began to become more mainstream. I kind of had to think twice about it. I think it is shocking that this is still going on. So I feel like even from a perspective of if you're a man and, and you're in treasury in particular and you're asking yourself that question, you should be looking at it from a point of indignation almost. Simone, I want to come back to you. Rosanna mentioned that earlier that if she was speaking with her younger self, what she would say is find a mentor. I know that you haven't had a mentor or a sponsor yet, but I know it's that you think that these are very valuable tools. Tell us why you think they're important, particularly when it comes to, to levelling the playing field as we're talking about. Thinking about it personally, I think the way... I was raised and the way I was told to behave in the workplace is very different to how I realize you need to behave to be successful. So I was always told to, you know, be really quiet, keep your head down, just focus on work and keep your head down. And it's only after, you know, a number of years that you realize actually that they're, they're not the skills that typically a scene of leaders, you know, you, you have to kind of have your head up, you have to be more, you know, a bit more loud and a bit more confident. And so I think, you know, having a mentor at the start would have probably been helpful. Someone to say, look, whatever your mum's told you, however you've been raised, you know, scrap it, let's start again. And, you know, take a risk, you know, make a mistake, um, you know, just speak up. And so I just think have, yeah, having a mentor, just giving you some, giving some guidance as to how, how maybe to you know try and perform in the workplace you can't change who you are you can't change your personality and character but just recognizing that there are particular traits that are you know rightly or wrongly associated with leaders so that's why I feel like you know I would have probably benefited you know rather than kind of keeping my head down and, and hoping or thinking that someone was going to tap me on the shoulder and say you know you're a leader let's do something you know it just it's just not happened. Thank you to JP Morgan's Alison Livesey, Unilever's Rosanna Somerville, Johnson Matthews' Simone Coltress and Royston de Costa, Assistant Group Treasurer at Ferguson, for sharing their expertise. Listening to their personal experiences, it is clear Treasury is increasingly a place of diversity and inclusion that we mustn't let the pandemic and its far-reaching consequences damage. Thank you for listening. To hear more of our podcast episodes and to discover all our other audio content, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from.